Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today, we are taking a bit of a different approach to what we've been doing so far. Today, we are gonna be talking about sales leadership from the perspective of a marketing leader, which I think is very important as a sales leader that we understand that. Today, we have a terrific guest on the show to talk about that, Rev Ciancio. Rev, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Christopher, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. And for everybody else out there that's listening, psyched you're here, man. It's going to be a great, great. Hopefully, we provide a lot of great insights today. Awesome. Rev, tell us a bit about yourself and your company. Uh, so, I originally wanted to be a radio DJ. <laughs> uh, and I made that dream happen in college. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> no, that's not where we're going to start the story. Uh, the last time I carried a bag was 2013. I was selling, believe this or not, you can sell advertising on people's digital bank statements. So you log into like your bank statement and there were ads on your purchases, right? Wow. So somebody saw that like you went to Subway and you got an ad for five guys. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so that, that was the last time I, I, I carried a bag was I sold that, was at that company for six quarters. Of the, of the six quarters that I was there, two of those quarters, I was the number one salesperson in my division, like crushing, like my boss calling me and be like, can you show everybody else? Uh, the other four quarters, like lowest 10%. Uh, and I realized in that moment, two things. Um, I was not really good at being like a salesperson, right? I was good at sales, but like the quota carrying, hit your goals type of update Salesforce daily. Like I just didn't, it just didn't jive with me. But I was on the phone constantly with my colleagues who would go, hey man, how'd you do this? And how do you organize that? And how'd you make this cold call? And I came to the realization that like, oh, I'm actually a marketer in a salesperson's body, right? And I am better at empowering sales people to do better than being the salesperson. Uh, and that that perspective changed my entire life. Uh, and since then, I've been, uh, you know, a quote unquote marketer. Uh, and marketers, I think, can be looked at like in two ways, right? There's like the, um, the, the branding, uh, graphic design, you know, makes things look good and cool and awesome version of marketing. And like, I get that and have vision, but like, I, at best, I can like Photoshop a taco into your hand. Like, that's about as far as my creative skills really go in, in that aspect. And that, you know, the other side of marketing is like, how do I affect uh, both the strategy and sales of the company on a grander scale than one person? Uh, and I realized that, that that is my skill set. So when I get up in the morning and I do what I do and everything since that, that job of selling 5% uh, off your next five guys purchase was all about how, how do I enable salespeople and how do I, how do I generate leads? How do I you know, speed up the, accelerate the sales funnel, stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of who I am. Uh, I am the head of revenue marketing for a company called Branded Strategic Hospitality. We, uh, we work with um, early growth hospitality tech companies to help them find investments and do some investments on our own, and then also accelerate their growth. Um, me in particular, um, I help them to basically speed up their sales funnel. 
uh, whether it's generating leads, creating content that accelerates people through a funnel, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then I also work with hospitality groups. So, you know, restaurant, multi-unit restaurants with their uh, acquisition and retention efforts. So how do they get and keep more customers? Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to read a section from Rev's LinkedIn profile. Generate more leads, quicken the sales cycle, create memorable customer journeys, earn customer loyalty, build fervent brand ambassadors, elevate your brand in the marketplace, grow business and sales. That summarizes to a large extent what every sales leadership uh, leader should be worried about and focused on in their business. Let's start talking about that and breaking that down. Sure. So I'm a, I'm a believer in, uh, you know, understanding the customer journey and aligning all of your efforts towards that. And you have to think about uh, what happens in the customer journey from the moment they kind of like are aware of the problem, not aware of you, right, but aware of the problem. And how do you get them from the, you know, why you, why now, why us side of sales to also the success and the retention metrics. Right. And I think it's sort of, you know, it's certainly a sales leader's duty to think about what happens after the sale, even if you have a customer uh, success department. But from a marketer's perspective, I'm thinking about every piece of revenue that there is. Right. I'm thinking about how do we get more and how do we keep more? Uh, and so a lot of those uh, really cool buzzwords that you just ran off my LinkedIn profile that I have to thank somebody else for writing, wink, wink. Um, but essentially, it's aligning yourself with the customer journey. What are the things that my perfect prospect needs to care about this, to uh, be interested in this, to buy this, and then want to keep buying it? And then ultimately, and this is where sales develop, is get them to tell other people they should want it too. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of salespeople, because of how they align to the journey, is like they're just about acquisition, right? They're just filling the bait shop. Uh, they, they have a tendency to not think about what happens after the sale. And a lot of times, a lot of organizations I've been a part of where things get screwed up on the retention side is they were sold something that they can't have or that the company doesn't actually fulfill. Right, right. And that, for our perspective, you know, my speaking from uh, our firm, Impeller CRM, and, and what we do, that transition from the sales process to now being a customer and hopefully a lifelong customer is so critical. So from a marketing perspective, what advice do you have for sales leaders to, uh, to manage that beyond just the, the blinders the sales team might have on? Sure, uh, I'm gonna go with a really, really deep, deep, deep tactic and then we'll go up, up higher to a strategy level. So uh, I'll tell you a story. I used to work with this organization and uh, they brought me in to oversee partner marketing. The idea was they primarily sold to enterprise, but they had a partner division. So like resellers and people who white labeled. Um, and most of their go to market and their strategy was built around the enterprise side of business. And they were having trouble relating that to the partnership side. Um, well, in, in talking to those partners and coming in and be like, hmm, how can I help you? I realized something really, really critical. And you know, I think we all know what buyer's remorse is, right? Like I just bought this, like, oh, I'm scared. Why did I do this? Well, we had a huge problem with buyer's remorse, right? Is because they would sell it. And then after they sell, like, okay, cool. Thanks for the sale. Here's your like customer success person. I'll see you later. And like, you know, the partners kind of left like, what do I do? I don't get it. Uh, and one little, this is, a, this is a tactic that like every sales team should do. Get customer support involved before the sale, right? I don't care if you're selling widgets, 
if you're selling automobiles or if you're selling the biggest software package out there, have customer support involved in the sales side of the process. Make the handoff before the, the signature hits the dotted line because you're essentially just going to erase buyer's remorse, right? So that that's a, that's a, that's like a deep tactic that you can go in tomorrow and be like, oh, that makes sense. We can just go do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, you know, and then from, from a, to, you know, take it up 30,000 feet is really honestly like map the customer journey. We, my last organization, single platform, we, we had all kinds of problems with our, our pipeline post pre and post. And I said, you know what, we're going to take two weeks and we're going to meet like every single day, you know, the head of customer success, the head of sales, me, right. And the GM, we're going to meet once a week and we're going to reserve a whiteboard. We literally were like, you cannot touch this whiteboard. And we sketched out the entire customer journey every piece of it from, from the why you, why us, why now through retention. And literally like that exercise alone, just having all the people that were assigned to different parts of the funnel to stand in a room and actually look at how the whole thing, it, it oiled the whole machine, right? It oiled the whole machine because things that were happening in on the retention side, like where we would lose a customer, we realized where in the sales process we could affect that. Right. And by, and being at, uh, sitting on the marketing side of things, I started to think about, oh, how do we use like our current customers to sell, you know, possible new customers? And so, like, when you have that 360 view uh, on all sides of your team, on what happens to your customer from the moment, like, again, not when they would think about you, but when they realize they have the problem, all the way to the point where they can't wait to tell somebody that they should also buy it. When you have that view, a lot of these things will just start to fix themselves. Right. What advice do you have for sales leaders in terms of, you know, like, hey, I'm struggling connecting with my marketing team or we're just not, we're not in sync. Um, what advice do you have for them to begin to rectify those issues? Um, so I like to, I like to speak in tactics. Like I want to give people actionable items. Okay. So you're a sales leader and you're looking to get more support or buy-in from your marketing team. Do this. Okay. Get your team together. Or if it's just you, Right and write down the top 10 sales objections you get, okay, in order from frequency to least frequent. These are the 10 things we get told no on, okay? Then also write down the top 10 things of why a customer says yes. What is the last thing that happens before they go, I will buy? When you have those two lists, call a meeting with your marketing team and go, here's what I need help with and here's what works. Right. When the marketing team has that type of information or the marketing person, it makes their job so much easier because then they can think about uh, sales accelerate, like funnel acceleration, and they can think about what are the tools that you need to get rid of, you know, objections. That That's a deep tactic that I would tell somebody to do. It's a great way to start a relationship. With oh, I love that. Team. I love that. That's great. That's a great way to create alignment too, to get those quick wins going and create some momentum. Yeah. And another thing, and this still boggles my mind why marketing doesn't sit in on sales meetings blows my mind, right? And what blows my mind more is why sales leaders don't sit in on marketing meetings, right? Because for sure, every once in a while, like you'll see marketing people in sales meetings, but you never see salespeople in marketing meeting. The two should act as one. They really should. And they have different things they do when they go back to their desk, but you should have the team like operate as a unit, right? And then the other key, right, is you want to make sure that marketing also has time with product, right? Because marketing is seeing what's happening with sales, right? And they're hopefully seeing what's happening with customer service and they can bring that, help bring that information back to product to develop again, what those two teams need. And right. then obviously how do you go to market? 
Right. What about customer success? What about their level of involvement with uh, marketing meetings? Can they contribute to that process? Absolutely, hundred percent. Anybody that any department that touches revenue should should have a you know a dotted line or even a direct line to marketing. Because marketing at the end of the day it is about acceleration of the process and retention of the customer. That's what it is. Salespeople and customer success people are there about they're there to implement the tactics, and marketing is there to help make sure they they move. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's that is terrific advice. Um, the uh, 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 when you, when you come into an organization um, as a sales leader. Um, when it comes to marketing, what's some of the first things they should be doing to build those relationships with the marketing team? Well, if you're asking what, how do they get buying with me? Um, pizza usually does a pretty good job. I can be played <laughs> pretty quickly with a nice pie. So, so if, if you're talking about me coming to your organization, buy me a pizza. That might work. Also, yeah. it might work for anybody. Take somebody out to lunch, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, get, get to know people. And, and, you know, again, I'll go back to that tactic. Like if you can give your marketing team what they need to be better at their job, yeah. they'll be better, right? I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a, in a marketing meeting with the sales team, like we need more leads. Cool. Um, how do you expect me to get that? <laughs> right. Like, what is it you want to do? Like, how, how do I get that? Like marketing people don't necessarily know the pain of selling, and they don't know what it's like to live the day-to-day -day life of that salesperson or even the customer success person. Right. So help them learn it real, real fast. Yeah. You know what I do? I love this. Every, every marketing person should do this. Let's talk about the opposite way. Every single marketing person that joins an organization should go spend a week with the sales development team, right? Oh, sit, yeah. in the, sit in the bullpen, listen in on, on what SDR and BDR calls are like. And when you, when you understand that pain, you'll be a better marketer because you will walk away feeling so bad for those people and yeah. you'll realize how important they are to the organization that you'll be like, I'm going to help them. Yeah. I'm here to help that person. Yeah. And how tough their jobs are, you know, to, to hear the objections and the no's and the uh, just whatever, you know, and, and the, the cadence that they have to keep and uh, that's that's really important. I'm a big believer in that kind of cross training and just opening up the organization. Are there other ways or other advice you have for uh, ways to make the uh, marketing team better for the sales team? Uh, I mean, honestly, really, it comes down to communication. Like, what is the communication between the groups? And again, I like tactics and strategy at the same time. Yep. But really, marketing should spend time with whoever's developing leads because th literally those people have the hardest job. Uh, and if you can make their job even 1% easier, it like, it makes a difference. I mean, when I was at, at Yext, right, I used to meet with the SDRs every single Wednesday, like basically the halfway through the week. And we'd be like, okay, phone's down half hour. Let's go sit with Rev. And I'd be like, what did you hear this week? What did you get told no on? Why did people hang up with you? What, what? And like, when I heard, when I started to hear the patterns there, right, I was able to come back and be like, okay, here's a tool. Here's a, a script. Here's uh, I got the here. I brought this sales leader in to come talk to you. And I think that I actually think that the sales development function should not just report to sales. I think the sales development function should report to both marketing and sales, right? Because they're the people that need the most amount of tools. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. That uh, 
you know, to because you said it is again, it's all about communication and having those lines of communication. If you're not getting that information, you've got a hand, at least one hand tied behind your back. Yeah, we I mean, single platform. I'll never forget this. I came in and the way that their sales works, so I have to explain this to sort of tell the story. But essentially, they would have an SDR call, cold call and set a meeting and the meeting would happen the next day and a closer would take the meeting. OK, so that was always the way it worked. Well, we had like, I think it was like a 12% hold rate on meetings. So SDR would call, book the meeting, and only 12% would hold for the next day. That's like a really low rate, you know, unless you're doing thousands and thousands. Yeah. And I was like, how do we get these meetings to hold? Let's just automate it. Like, I'm not even just, I don't mean a calendar reminder. Like, let's send somebody an email that makes them feel why, like, they can't miss that meeting, right? And in, in that email... We also had linked to a, a piece of marketing that was like explained why it was important. And it at least like stoked the curiosity enough yeah. to get people interested. We tripled that hold rate. It went from 12% to 36, right? Just by putting that in there. Do you know who loved me? Every single SDR. Oh, and, yeah. And I don't want to act like that was a genius move. That's like pretty basic, right? Like that's a pretty right. easy move. But they didn't have a marketing person there to work on that stuff before me. They like they didn't have that. Those are the kinds of tools that marketers should be thinking about in terms of like, you know, helping the sales team to do their job better. Right. And those are the things that are going to move the needle in a significant way. I mean, you're talking about some big time movement there. Um, <laughs> Chris, I'll never forget, Christopher, one day the automation tool we were using broke. Like something just went, we couldn't figure it out. And literally it was like, it was as if the room was on fire, like, like sirens were going off and people were screaming and like rev drop everything and like man you realize like how important a tool or a tactic is like when something goes wrong and like it doesn't work anymore like you know yeah that tells you how important it is how much they rely on it let's talk a bit about quickening the sales cycle because that is something that you know as a sales leader that's something everybody cares about what role should marketing play in helping the sales team shorten that sales cycle uh, all, every role, <laughs> every role is up to sale. Um, you know what, if I would tell you this too, if you're a, an organization and you're not using sequences in your sales, you are missing the boat, right? Sales sequences, it, for those that don't know, it's like a multi-step process to get somebody to take an action, whether that's, uh, an upsell, a cross sell, uh, take the first meeting or buy a product, right? And so usually the way those work out is over the course of, I don't know, 25 days or so or 30 days or so, there's a number of touches involved. You're going to email them. You're going to call them. You're going to hit them on LinkedIn. You're going to email them again. You're going to call them, blah, 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 right? First of all, if you're not using a sequence, just Google the word ago, or the words Agoji sequence and whatever you see, the first link, you click on it and you do exactly what that blog says. Okay, Sam Nelson, he's a genius. If you're not using an Agoji sequence, go do it immediately. Okay, now to answer your question a little differently, I think that the marketing and sales team should co-write all of the sequences, right? Because marketing is going to talk about it and, you know, more of like a platitude where sales is going to talk about it more of like an execution. So you kind of need both sides of that voice. And okay. along with those sequences, sometimes you need collateral to help somebody make a decision. Maybe they need a blog post or they need to attend a webinar, or there's just like some sort of piece of thinking that changes their mindset that an SDR is not going to get across in a five minute cold call. Right. And so you need marketing to supply those materials to the sales team to make, you know, making a sequence really, really move fast. Right. So get, have sequences and collaborate, 
collaborate what? on what that material is. And then here's the other thing is the sales department needs to be incredibly detailed about the performance of their sequences so that they can go back to marketing and go, this is what worked, this is what didn't work, right? And so I, I like to tell it this way, let's say you have a 17-step sequence. If most meetings book at step 13, right, then you need to look at what can you do to step 12. And if they book at 12, what can you do to step 11, right? And you need the feedback of why somebody didn't or didn't take the action at each step so that you can fund that. When you get that kind of collaboration between marketing and sales, you're gonna be a very happy person. Yeah, and to really make that work, you're not gonna be doing that out of a spreadsheet or off of a notepad. You really need technology to support that successfully. And so a big part of our podcast is really talking about CRM and how it can enable things like that. Um, you know, what I ask this to all the sales leaders, I'm gonna ask you from a marketing perspective, when it comes to CRM, do you love it or do you hate it? Uh, I, I have, I have a love hate relationship with CRM because I'm really bad at massaging them. Like if you hand me a login to Salesforce, I'm kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I, I, I look at it this way, right? My life's motto is be awesome at two things and outsource everything else. I am really good when I'm paired with somebody who's like Salesforce Jesus, right? right. If, if I can go to Salesforce Jesus and go, listen, here's how I want to get the data moving, blah, blah, blah. And Salesforce Jesus gets in there and like, sews the whole thing together. Like that's a pretty powerful team. So the true answer is I love CRMs because really, really good data allows you to make really, really good actions, yeah. right? And if you're just like working off spreadsheets or, or worse notepads, like ugh, uh, you're going to get nowhere. So CRM is what keeps you organized. And, you know, I work with an organization that we argue about this all the time. The leader of the organization, like, doesn't believe in CRMs. And the rest of the team is constantly frustrated with the process, right? right. Constantly, Because yeah. they don't have access to good data and it makes it hard to do automation. And if you want to go faster, you need technology and you need automation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you cannot improve any process. I don't care what it is. If you're not measuring and, and analyzing that data you're capturing, you know, it, if you don't have that foundation, forget it. Um, and so as you were talking about like, Hey, we know we're nailing it at step 13. If you're not capturing that data, you know what you, you have no idea what to do next. Yeah. Hunt, hunches are only so powerful, right? That's right. The, the, the data tells the story for sure. I've seen, I've seen mistake made many a time somebody saying, Oh, this thing works. We should keep doing it. And you realize like, Oh, that's actually, that's just coincidental. Like that's not the thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, I, like my favorite question to ask an organization is when I start is like, uh, what's our average sales cycle? Like, okay, cool. What moves the needle? Oh, this, that thing, or this thing, the other thing. I was like, wait a minute, you don't know? Like you, you should have data information. When prospect A does action B, C happens. Like you need to know those things. That's right. I have this, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have this type of a conversation all the time where um, like if you're working with your CFO or your controller and you go to them and you ask them, hey, what's our expenses this month or what's our revenue this month or whatever you they better give you an answer and it better be right why should it be any different for the sales team the marketing team anyone else involved in that revenue you better know your numbers and better be able to give good answers um, and to do that a big part of that is having a good technology foundation 
Yeah, um, you don't you don't know you don't know what to spend on leads if you don't know your cost of acquisition, right? That's right. And if you don't have good data, you don't know what your cost of acquisition is. Yeah. What do you think um, if you uh, had that that uh, uh, crystal ball in front of you? What do you think the future of marketing is going to be, or what's really going to drive like maybe the next five years or so, from a technology perspective? Uh, you mean like in terms of like how people are going to sell for the next five years? Yeah, exactly. What What's really going to drive or what should people be looking at? Funnels. It's the only answer I have is funnels, right? Yeah. How do I get somebody to either give me their email address or purchase something so that I can move them along to the next step of the journey, right? right. And, and, you know, for years we've been doing inbound marketing and, you know, landing pages and those are great. But I really think like moving into the funnel side of things is, is the future of sales. You know, maybe not if you're selling hamburgers, but for sure if you're selling software, right. uh, you know, or books or information or coaching or whatever it is, uh, funnels. Get somebody to a page where there's only one action, so like one thing they can do, and then hammer them until they buy it. <laughs> Are you, what do you think about, what, what's your feeling on funnels? Uh, you know what, I, it, it's, um, I agree. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot, uh, and I'm wondering what impact it's going to have, is the use of AI to help refine uh, your analysis of what's going on, um, where you're having AI begin to serve up, uh, here's where we're thinking, you know, what the technology is telling you, where you need to make adjustments. Um, what's your feelings around using AI to do some of the things you've been talking about? Uh AI to me feels like a fancy concept that nobody gets. Like nobody, nobody that actually needs it, you knows how to use it, right? And there's a bunch of really smart guys that like write movies that I can't understand that make it happen. Um, I sort of joke there, but basically, like I think when we get to a point where like we have data analysis that's clean and easy, that's mm -hmm. AI um, is really really important again because clean data means you know clean yeah. action and clean move, and so. You know, I haven't seen anybody yet come out with some sort of AI that's just like push button easy, but I would love to see, you know, like a CRM or some sort of data tool that basically like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just like put things in and out the other side comes data that's like incredibly clean. But here, here's the problem with clean data, right? Here's the problem. Clean data is addicting, right? And the minute you have a question, so my hypothesis is X, Let's go look at the data. You will get a bunch of answers and you know what invariably happens? More questions. Oh yeah. Right? More questions. And I've run into this in sales, every sales organization I've ever, 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 ever been a part of. Marketing and sales did this thing. We had Y result. They're like, cool, what else? Like, oh. I don't know. I just gave you a 50% improvement in your hold race. Like what else do you need me? How do we get to 60? Like, oh yeah. More, better, cleaner data. <laughs> it is a vicious cycle. It's, um, Anyone who's ever spent time doing, like from an IT perspective, doing report development, you put out this great report and you're like, hey, that's great. Now we need this. We needed to do this or we needed to do that. And because uh, now we have more questions that need to be answered. Uh, it get, it becomes a very vicious cycle. Yeah. That my word, word of warning there is don't get caught on the unicorn. Lots of people are like, what's the, oh, I have this, well, what happens if this weird thing happens and this other weird thing happens and this other weird thing happens and we're a drop off? My answer is like, I don't know, let it go. <laughs> I'm not spending time trying to figure out the, like the 1% of things that like rarely ever happen. I'm trying to add 1% to the things that happen well.
Right, right. What's going to move the needle? You know, what's really going to drive growth? Um, do you have any closing advice? We're coming up on our uh, our time here on Sales Lead Dog. Do you have any advice for uh, a new sales leader, someone who's, you know, new VP of sales or new CRO uh, around, you know, if, if uh, you know, how they should be approaching their job and, and taking advantage of what marketing can do for their organization? Sure. So, I mean, my life, I said it already, my life's motto is be awesome at two things and outsource everything else. Like yeah. know what your strength is. Walk into the game be like, I'm really good at this. And I'm really good at this. And I get these things, but I really, really need help. And the things that you need help on, ask and find the person in the organization who's going to really supercharge that thing that you know is important, but you're not good at. And typically, a lot of those synergies happen between sales and marketing, right? Like, oh, I know we need sequences, but I don't know how to do it. Well, marketing might, you know what I mean? Right. So find the thing, you know hone in on what you're really, really good at and what's really important and find partnerships to do the other things. Yeah, no, I love that. And and use sequences. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's a great idea. I uh, um, it's it's one of those things that, uh, like you were saying, that you have to create some kind of structure uh, to start with and see what works and what doesn't. And sequences is a great way to uh, to do that and uh, uh, and then adapt and react and evolve. I Christopher, you will laugh. I use sequences internally. Do you so really? Like, yeah. Oh, God, all the time. Here's here's two. I'm going to give you some secret sequence moves. Okay? okay. If you send an email to somebody and it's perfect, uh, whether it's a cold lead gen or somebody else in the organization or your mom, where you're asking for something, if you don't get it in a timely manner, here's the boss move. Reply all, just seeing if you got this, send. <laughs> like don't draft a new email. Don't go and just literally just go back into that same email and you do it two days after. So if you send it on a Monday, you do it Wednesday. Right. Right. And if you don't hear back by two more days, so like Friday, go back into that same email, hit reply all. And all you write is any thoughts here? Question mark. You'll get an answer. Yep. Yep. I never thought about that, but that you're right. That's spot on. Oh, I do to my partners and they'll get angry because they, they know they just got sequenced. Yeah. They know what like, you're doing. But it works. Like it absolutely <laughs> works. And don't and on that, don't discredit the value of a Hail Mary email. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Rev, thank you so much for coming on Sales Lead Dog. It's been great listening to you. you I think you you offered up some some great tips and tools and actions for any sales leader. Awesome. You're very welcome. I'm excited to share. Listen, if I can help salespeople and marketing people like be better, then I feel good about that. So thank Rev, you. If people, if people want to get in touch with you and connect with you and, and learn more about your company, what's the best way for them to, to connect? Sure. Uh, anywhere you find me. And the easiest way is I have the same screen name on every social network, and that's Rev Ciancio, R-E-V-C-I-A-N-C-I-O. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you're like, I don't know how to spell Ciancio, even though you just said that, there's two other options you have to find me. You can Google expert burger taster and I will be the top seven results on Google. That's an easy way. Or I run the world's largest French fry themed Instagram account. It's fun with fries. So if you go follow fun with fries in my bio is a link to Red Ciencia. So there you go. All the paths to me. I have to tell my father-in-law about that. He is like a French fry maniac. <laughs> Good diet. Well, tell him to follow fun with fries. Awesome. Thank you for coming on sales lead dog. 
Thank you for having me. Pleasure. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.